At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. What's up, everybody? This is Eric Nam. This is Eddie Nam. And welcome to Commit or Quit, the show where we discuss our initial reactions to some of your favorite K-dramas, movies, TV shows, etc., etc. And we decide if we love it and we commit or we hate it and we want to quit it. And that's what we do here. So uh, welcome to the show. How you been, Eddie? Dude, I've been doing well. I'm, I'm suffering with some back problems, but uh, I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing okay too. I'm just in final album prep mode. I've been dancing and from the dancing I've had some back problems, but you know, that's life. Yeah. Uh how bad I is your watching, back problem? My back problem is like my bed feels like a like a Dorito bag with oh. just no air. And it, now, like, is that a back fold. problem or a bed problem? It's a bed problem that created a back problem and then highlighted a bunch of tight hamstrings and tight hip flexors and it, it's all coming to surface now essentially. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, I I I commented on a I, on a chiropractor's YouTube video today because he had a bunch of you know, a stretching videos and it worked, you know, uh, for a little bit and so I said thank you. Yeah. I don't know. On a random YouTube chiropractor's video? Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's just giving out knowledge which I appreciate. Kind of like how Commit or Quit, we are just giving out knowledge and we are providing value in deciding what to watch and what not to watch. Yeah, so I brought you know that full I circle. Hope, yeah, I, I hope that people are on our YouTube videos being like, thank you, Commit or Quit, for saving me time and for entertaining us. You know? Yeah, instead of like slamming, slamming us for not agreeing with the TV show that they love so much and then sending me hate mail and… Going down a slippery you know slope. I'm kidding. People That's never got happened. opinions. Yeah. Our, That's never our, happened. Our listeners are nice. Yeah. Our <laughs> listeners are decent human beings. We're good. Um, anyways, okay. We're going to jump into this uh, today. We have a great show to talk about. It is a highly, highly recommended K-drama called When the Camellia Blooms. Camellia? Camellia. I don't know. It stars Kwong Yo Jin, also known as the rom-com queen in Korea, and Kang Han who is also a very uh, beloved South Korean actor. This was put out late last year and uh, it received quite a number of awards and nominations so I'm pretty excited to talk about it today right yes uh, but before we get into that we just wanted to thank our listeners for of course listening and subscribing and rating and reviewing and if possible becoming a patron of ours at patreon.com slash dive studios and uh, because people like yourselves we are able to discuss these dramas you guys recommended this one and we have a long list of shows and movies that we got to do. So we're going to jump into it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Let's, let's do this. Here we go. Hey, uh, what do you want to watch? I don't know. Oh, I actually heard this is really good. What do you say? Should we commit or quit? All right. So this is... 
today's drama, we are talking about When the Camellia Blooms. It is a romantic comedy thriller and it is available to stream right now on Netflix worldwide. Eddie, what is the amazing Netflix synopsis here? Tongbek is a single mother. When a potential Ooh. new love enters her wow. life, <gasps> she finds ways to defy the social stigma surrounding her. A heartfelt yeah. small town romance starring rom-com queen Kong Hyojin. As you may All know right. her from the greatest love, it's okay. That's love. Um, yeah, I mean, in typical Netflix fashion, very simple. Uh, I don't know if anybody will watch okay, it off of that synopsis. Say, this synopsis is horrible. <laughs> this is not a great synopsis. There's nothing that excites me about reading the synopsis. If I was right. just flipping through and I saw the synopsis, I'd be like, pass. That's just me. But I don't think it do- does this show justice because… You know what? I'm going to flip things on its head today for this show. I know typically at the end of the show, we say whether we commit or quit the show. But I'm just going to be bold. I'm going to be revolutionary. And I'm just going to go ahead and let you know if I commit or quit this show right now. I'm going to just go ahead and say, I commit. I commit to this show. Eddie, what did you think of the show? That's great. That's a commit for me as well. This is… Uh, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. It's pretty rare, honestly, on, on, this, on this show, on this podcast. I mean, I'm pretty sure the last time, I don't remember the last time we like felt uh, good about committing to a show. Extracurricular. But it was like, ah. it felt, we felt good about the show, but like it was so dark. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But I still liked the show. And I think it was on mm-hmm. the last episode, I pretty much had a meltdown saying that if I ever have to watch a rom-com again, I'm just going to quit this show in, in its entirety. But right. uh, I actually… Did not mind this show. It's a rom-com thriller, which may be why, but I personally really enjoy this show. Mm-hmm. And now our listeners are going to have to listen to why we have to enjoy it, why we enjoyed it. But all right, to give you guys a little bit of a breakdown, we're going to give you a quick main cast and character and what happens in the first two episodes. Here we go. Main character is Tongbaek. She's a single mother played by Kong Yo-jin. She just moves to a small town called Ongsan with her son. And she opens a bar called Camellia. Like when the Camellia blooms. AKA what yep. the drama title is. Like, yep. Camellia Cabello. Uh, I think that's Camilla. But you know. Close enough. Okay. Alright. There's Hwang Yong-sik who is played by Kang Anu. He's a local policeman. Who pretty much has a knack for catching criminals. And is obsessed with Tongbaek. Uh, as soon as he meets her. And then there's like a scummy landlord. There is a divorce lawyer who's the landlord's wife. There are all these women who have kanjangejang, which is marinated crab restaurants all around this bar who are just like the local townspeople. Uh, and then there is her son, Tongbek's son, uh, Pilgu. And I feel like those are like to me, the most important characters right now within the first two episodes. So, now, first episode, this lady, Tongbek, she moves to this town. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Oh my god, what's she doing moving here? And the women are just super, super, how do you say, jealous and very worried because all the men are like, oh my god, she's so beautiful. They see she has a baby. Like, oh, she must be married. Come to find out, she's not married. She's not widowed. She's never been married. She just has a baby. And the reaction is like, what? Scandalous. How? Mm-hmm. Why? And she's like, you can be unmarried and have a baby. It happens. And 
then she opens a bar, uh, bar slash pub, I guess, where she serves drinks and some foods. And she's very, very like, how do you say this? Straightforward. There's no frills, but it's like, I only do food and drinks. There's nothing else. There's no funny business. There's no like weird, shady stuff going on in this place. But the women of the town make her out to be this like, I don't know. It's kind of like the Scarlet Letter. Like she's like, it's the first two episodes is a constant thing of like, I'm just trying to make a good, healthy living for myself and for my child. Um, so that's like Tongbek. She's like hardworking, single mother, owns a bar. And then there's Tongbek, um, who was born and raised in this town. His mother runs one of the crab restaurants. Um, and the story is always like, oh God, this kid's such a nuisance. He always gets in the way of everything. But it's actually like the dude catches criminals. He has like this knack for catching bad guys and like always being in the right place at the right time. And he's like this righteous guy who stands up for what is right. And he has kind of like an anger problem where if somebody says something wrong or acts or behaves the wrong way, he will just go and punch them or like chew them out or whatever. So yeah. it's completely two opposite characters. Tongbek is very like soft-spoken. She's never had a family. She didn't have a mother. She doesn't have a father. Um, very reserved and just trying to do well for herself. And then there's Tongbek who… Uh, her, his mother runs like a crab. His mother runs a crab restaurant, but also very like hot tempered, very fired up all the time. So that's like the first episode, mind you. What we kind of failed to mention is that the opening scenes are just like this. It's a crime scene, and a body is retrieved from a lake, and um, it pretty much alludes to the fact that Tongbek has been murdered. So it starts off the series with Tongbek is murdered. Now we go back into time to figure out who Tongbek is and who the policeman Kang Han uh, is playing Yongshiki is. So what else are we missing? Episode 2? It's kind of just about that continuing on but then kind of telling the story of Tongbek's ex who is a famous baseball player who visits Pilgu, her son's school. And he doesn't know that he has a son. But it's the little boy who is mm-hmm. very, very stands up for his mom. Um, protects his mom. But you also see moments of like how having a single mother who the entire town hates can be very, very taxing for a kid. Um, that's like honestly pretty much all that happens to me. Uh, the way I see it in in the first two episodes. It's like the meat of it. I think there are a lot of subplots and sub-characters that are more like interesting characters and people in the town. Um, like the landlord who wants to be a politician who actually just has a… He has like a Napoleon complex. Is that what they call it? Mm. Where he's just like, you know, I don't know. Mm. Interesting. Weird. So yeah, that's pretty much the show. Um, I know it's a very, very simple synopsis. But… I mean, honestly, that's kind of what happens. Support for Commit to Quick comes from our friends at Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious individuals like you and me. If you've listened to all of our Commit or Quit episodes, you probably know by now that I have an incredibly short attention span, which is where the show even developed from because I don't have patience. That's why Skillshare is even more interesting because most classes are under 60 minutes and one that I am going to start taking is a documentary photography class taught by Amy Vital. You guys take class with me and 
just to make it easier for you guys, Skillshare has given our Commit or Quit family an incredible, incredible offer. You can do two free months of a premium membership. Like, it costs you nothing, absolutely nothing. You just go to Skillshare.com slash commit, and you have two months for free. So check it out, Skillshare.com slash commit for two free months of a premium membership. And uh, I'll see you there. All right, back to the show. Right? Am I missing yeah. anything? No, I think I think you kind of hit it right on the head. Um, I want to just go in and jump right into these themes because, you know, from your meltdown from from last episode, it, it was nice that this show was a little bit different, at least thematically, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, from the perspective of a single mother uh, supporting her son, and like you said, like a scarlet letter type of mentality, and you know, other people just wanting to gang up and point fingers. And gossip, essentially. So, Mm -hmm. you know, off of the the heels of that, you know, there definitely is some sort of social stigma of being a single mother. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even just say particularly in 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 South Korea, but just globally, right? Yeah. Instead of us thinking about it from like a wow, it's a single mother, there's so much to do. I feel like people are more inclined to point fingers and be like, something went wrong here. Oh, I feel bad for this person or something like that. Whereas some people can be really happy being single and being a mother. I mean, isn't Charlize Theron like a single mother and she chose to like adopt children as well? Oh, I I don't know. Okay. Uh, There is… I just looked it up. Charlize Theron has never been married as a mother to two adopted children, Jackson and August… And she said, I've never wanted to get married. And that's never been something that's important to me. Hmm. So, I don't know. I think it's cool that there's ways to have children or like adopt children or raise children. But anyways, in the case of this show, uh, we find out that Tongbek, uh, she's a very, very proud woman. Not in a abrasive, rude way. But she's just like, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm just trying to live my life. I'm just trying to be a good person and… Provide for my my child. And we find out that she's never had a family. And um, even when she was dating her son's father, he was very much like, I'll be your family. And we don't know what exactly went wrong. Right? And I'm sure that'll be part of like the future episodes. But um, she… Even when he comes to visit her… And it wasn't even intentional. He just happened to be there shooting a TV show. And they kind of run into each other. And it's just a coincidence. And he's like, why are you here? We have a son. What the heck? I had no idea. And I guess what we did not mention is at the end of the second episode, it's when the baseball player is like, uh, he's like trying to seek her out and like be like, what's going on? Trying to really research like, is she married? What's going on? Because she tells him that she got married and she's completely over him, even though it's not true. Um, And it's only then where after Kangane has pretty much been chasing this girl around town all day to be like, oh, I just want to be your friend. I just want to hang out with you. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's when the baseball player shows up and she's like, oh, grabs his hand. It's like, oh, he's uh, he's my husband or we're dating or whatever. And everybody's like, what? What's going on? Um, So she's, she's all to say she's very proud. And I think… This is something to me that was very, very refreshing to see. And in the town itself, I thought it was important to note that the women called the shots in this town. Because, and the way they painted it is, 
all these restaurants uh, are run by the matriarchs, the women of the household. The men are doing the laundry or the or, or the dishes or they're parking cars. They're doing things that are quote unquote less important, I guess. I don't want to say less important. They're just not as impactful as making the actual crab. Marinated crab. Speaking of which, Eddie, yeah. have you had this marinated crab before? I have. It was a mouth-watering episode. Oh, man. I, I, I love it. Especially like raw crab over like rice and stuff. It's just so delicious. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm, if I'm, you guys… Yeah. It's just one of the best dishes ever. So to explain, there's… In Korea, there's ganjang gejang. And ganjang gejang is like soy sauce marinated raw crab. And people can be like, what? That's crazy. But pretty much, it's delicious. It's raw. They marinate it. I guess it's the saltiness that doesn't make it go bad. But when you eat it with a hot bowl of rice, you get the the plump meat from the crab. And you get kind of the guts or the, or the roe from the crab. And you mix it with the rice. Mm-hmm. It is delicious. It is so good. It is also yeah. expensive. It's expensive, it's so good. dog. That's the problem. Like, I mean, you're you're telling everybody this, but it's like not cheap. It's like a twenty five dollar dish, wouldn't you say? I mean, on the cheap end, it's a twenty five dollar dish. Like, I Dang. remember I went last year because I took like three people, um, and we got like a a medium sized plate. It was like eighty bucks, and I was like, oh, oh lord, that's kind what? of pricey for crab. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but looks like I need to get into the crab business. Seriously. <laughs> it's like not that that's really expensive. Are you talking about eighty dollars for family size or just for you? No, it was I think it probably had like two or maybe two, maybe three crabs. That was it. Okay. Oh, that's not bad. Cut in half each. So yeah. it's expensive. Um uh, right. So it's it's kind of sad though, like as as I was watching it, it was like cool to see women being empowered on this show but it was also sad to see the women bullying another woman who is trying to just live make an honest living like what you see happen and part of what makes a show fun is this townspeople versus Tongbek uh relationship where they blame her for losing money they blame her for sales not working out they blame her for whatever their problems might be from her perspective, she's like, I literally just serve beer and like anju. And anju is like food you eat when you drink. And uh, the women of the town are like, you are taking all of our men, all our husbands. They go to your bar. They come late at night. They spend all this money at your place. So you're stealing our money. Give me our money back. That kind of thing. And for her, she's like, hmm. I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm just, you know, I'm just selling food. And the husbands, their perspective is, Every every restaurant in this entire town is run by a family member or a relative. And nobody wants to go to a relative's place and eat or drink every single day. You know, right. you want to be able to go somewhere and like discuss things with people without having to worry about your family and your wife and your kids sitting next to you. And so for the men, it's like, it's like the one place we can go without women, without our wives following us there. Um… But then because so many men go, the women are like, oh, you should… They literally said like, uh, 
Tongbek, don't do anything that would make your son ashamed of you. That would make you, your son ashamed of being your son kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Implying that she was like a hostess in the sense of a woman serving drinks in a more like sexualized manner. Right. But yeah. I mean, that's a, it's just classic jealousy. People outperforming and people being upset about it, you know? Like, it, yeah. it, is, it is sad to see, like, in the show, women tearing down other women. And in real life, minorities tearing down minorities. You know, it's like, mm. there's a way to to succeed together. Um, right. Anyways, I think I think we kind of nailed that that point home. Yeah. Um, what are, I mean, I, I think, like, there were a lot of cultural things in this show that were interesting to me. But, like, you know, just some cultural notes… When she first moves to town, she carries around dok. And she's walking around to give people dok. And in Korea, when you move to a new place, you say, I'm going to go give dok around to the neighbors. And that's a way traditionally to say hi, to introduce yourself. To It's like a peace offering. Hi, I come in peace. I'm new to the neighborhood. Hope we can become friends, that kind of thing. And yeah. there's also um, this thing. I think it's called budang. Um, so… I don't know if you saw where Tong, uh, Yongshik's mom was sitting there like, Oh my god, my son. What is he going to do? And she's sitting there with a lady who's like throwing rice on a table. In like a costume kind of thing. For people who don't know, it's… From what I understand, those are like kind of uh, mystics in a way. They're people who speak to spirits and uh, kind of predict the future and… It's something mystical like that. Um, I'll have to say I think this drama did a good job of creating a town slash world where it mixed old tradition with new modern elements. Both culturally, societally, and trying to like make it relevant for everybody who was watching. Which I think for me, I personally appreciated as I watched the show. I don't right. know, like, Eddie, like, as you were watching, did you have any of that takeaway? Because I think if you don't know about this stuff, like, you could just be like, I have no idea. It's just whatever. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like all these Korean dramas that we see, there are all these little nuggets of, you know, cultural knowledge and nuances that otherwise you would probably not know about. You know, like, I didn't mm-hmm. even know about the talk thing. I, I In the church or at our parents' friends' homes or when we moved, like, I'm just like, sweet, we got plenty of talk. You know, we're balling. We got we got this and that. But there's always a reason for that, right? Like even just like when it's each of our first birthdays. And there's just right. like an immense amount of food. And we have to wear that ridiculous hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all have those photos. So yeah, I think the more dramas we watch, the, the more we're able to see and, and discover. But I would, I would even take this a step farther and say that Seoul in particular is a city that is so mixed in the new and the old. You know, it's like you got some of the biggest skyscrapers and like the 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 most up-to-date technology and the fastest internet in the world. Then you got somebody like an older woman or a gentleman like carrying rice on their back, like next to a bunch of people like on their AirPods, like going to work. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, do you, do you get what I'm saying? There's a lot of like mix of old and new. Yeah, I, I I think there is, especially like north of the river. I was just there last week, and one reason I actually like going north of the river sometimes, like north north, is they have signs 
Like everywhere in south of the river, Gangnam, signs are in English. So Starbucks is just the way you see it. Dunkin' Donuts is just the way you see it in the States. McDonald's, mm-hmm. everything is the same. But when you go north of the river, everything is spelled out in Korean. It's just, So it's like the same color, same font, but it's in Korean. And it looks really cool to me. So Starbucks mm. is written as, as like Starbucks. And then Dunkin' Donuts in Korean will say Dunkin' Donuts. Um, so there is a lot of blending of like old and new. One thing that I do wish that I've also always felt about Seoul is I wish there were more historical cultural buildings. Unfortunately, a lot of them were lost during colonization, during the war. Um, the city was torn down, burned down so many times. So a lot of those historical buildings don't exist, um, which is kind of sad. But And then I've also kind of realized like there is this obsession with… Not obsession. that People like new and shiny things. So things are getting torn down and rebuilt constantly. Like I'll be out of town for… A month and I come back and there's a new building right next to my house. You know, it's mm-hmm. constant. Um, but I think it kind of speaks to how quickly Korea has developed its economy and it's modernized in so many ways. But in the case right. of this drama, like, I think I just like watching things that look a little old-fashioned. It makes me feel at ease when watching this. Right, where it can't hit too close to home. You got like… All these cacao things going off, and you know, you know, you know, you know what I mean. Like you kind of want to escape a certain reality yeah, to I, an extent. I think it's. I think the other thing though is like there was this. What I really liked about it is it was this small town feel. There's like a neighborhood feel, which can be great and it can be really annoying. But for me, it just felt like a small. It was felt like a small community, family, very tight knit kind of thing. Which could be suffocating. But in the case maybe where I am mentally right now. It's like oh that feels and looks so nice. It's kind of the way it was perceived to me. Yeah. Good point. Um, I guess like what are some of the things that you really liked about this drama? Considering that we've already committed to the show. What did right. you really enjoy about it? Uh, I, I did like observing the the mother-son relationship. In some mm. way right? Like I think… Whether it's a single mother or a single father, there, there is always this like feeling of protection, camaraderie, of like you don't talk to my mom that way, or you don't talk to my son that way. Like you have each other's backs, you know, mm-hmm. because maybe a parent is out of the picture, so like you're bonding like so much, so much harder, right? Right. Um, this is completely unrelated because dogs are not human children, but. I read an article about how dogs right now during this time of COVID are becoming like overly dependent on their owners. Yeah, I can see that. they're just with them 24 hours a day. Like I'm recording this podcast right now and Rocky's outside the door like crying. And it's because I'm just like not in his sight at all times. And you know, and so think about like a single mother and her son. Like think about all the things that you've gone through together. Mm. You know, um, so anyways, I thought that was super endearing. And, you know, luckily for us, we grew up in a really great family. But each of us had our own like issues with our parents, you know. Mm-hmm. But luckily, we all grew up and got over it. So yeah. what about um, you? For, what did for you me, like about I, the show? I really liked the characters. I really liked how they're portrayed. I think Tongbek is a very… You can't help but root for her. She's not like… An overly brash, overly confident, 
I'm, you know, I'm a single mother. I'm gonna blah blah blah. It's just like you're watching this and you feel for her because she is prideful and she is very like stubborn, right? It's not that she isn't a strong woman, but it's that she just really wants to fit in and like have a good life. Um, and that's all she really wants. She wants her son to be healthy. She wants to be healthy. She just wants to make money and do what she got to do to to make things work for her. And you can't help but respect that. Um, and, and so much of what happens to her, she doesn't ask for it to happen to her. It just kind of happens. And so you end up feeling just bad for this girl who is just trying to make an honest living. And then what I also liked is Kang Anya's character, Yongjigi, who is this hot-headed, hot-tempered young kid who is like, I don't care. I'm going to do everything the way I need to for, for whatever's righteous and whatever's just. And then he falls head over heels for this girl who is also very just like, this is me. And he, she like continuously says, this man's a weirdo. Oh, this man's like a psychopath. Don't talk to this man. And it's not that. It's just Kang Ander is just so love struck by this girl that he doesn't know how to act. Um, so I thought it was actually very fun that he's just like a very, very average Joe kind of character. He wasn't like the tall, good-looking, kind of one-dimensional male lead character. But he was mm-hmm. a very, very emotional, up-and-down, wears hearts on his sleeve kind of character, which I found to be very, very fun and refreshing. Right. Like you said, very different from from what we've seen so far. A little less shiny. Definitely yeah. still a Korean drama, but thematically… Um, and, and, and just the characters in this show are just very different. So that is, yeah. a, and like you said, like the setting, right? The 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 small town feel, um, or something a little bit different in this entire show. There's a little like, there's a punegi, like a a feeling about it. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing what the rest of the season shapes out to be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of one of our uh, our interns at Dive, Jonathan, said it's one of the best shows he's ever seen in his life. I don't know if really? he's just trying to yeah, I don't know if he's trying to exaggerate. I don't know if he's seen E10 one class or what we've discussed here, but he was so crazy about it and he's got good taste. Um I feel like I need to just like sit down and crunch it out with Brittany. Um, mm. cuz yeah, I, at, at this point I feel like you and I also just love different. As long as there's not like a crazy love triangle or pentagon right now, like you've got me hooked <laughs> in some way. I mean, look the last episode, I went off on this, but like I'm, I maybe because it's just we don't watch the full seasons, right? Like we mm-hmm. don't have, I don't sit through 12, 16, 18 episodes to determine like, oh, that was a good show or not. Like I'm basing this off of two. So in the time that it might take to watch one full season, we've watched like three or four different shows to kind of discuss. So for me, my patience level is at like 0.09, right? So, it, I need I need things to move. I need things to get to the point, and I need to be I need it to be different. If all you're gonna give me is a love triangle, bro, I'm out. I'm not doing that. So for me, I like this show because the characters you want to root for them, they're relatable. You feel for them in many ways, 
And by the way, we have barely mentioned the fact that this is a thriller as well. There is a murderous psychopath plot that is running underneath this entire thing. So that's what is actually very, very exciting. Um, There's just multiple layers to this thing. It's just fun. I like it. Yeah. Sounds good. So you got to double commit. Yeah. I mean… I know this episode, it kind of seems very almost like what these guys are just going to sit here and talk about how great it was. Like, yes, that's what it is. I'll put it this way. I was supposed to watch two episodes and I started at like midnight because I was like, I need to watch it so I can shoot this episode of Committed Quit. Watch one episode. It was like 1.15 or something, right? And I was like, "Ah, I should just like start episode two. So I can get as far as I can. So I can finish it tomorrow. I watched through the entire thing. And then I started episode three. And I was like, no, 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 no. You got to go to bed. You got to go to work tomorrow. Um, yeah. All to say like… Sign of a I good show. It's a sign of a good show. There are many times where I'll be like, oh, you know, it's like a soft commit. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I won't. I think I'll actually end up watching this one. Um, which is… This is the first one in a while. So for me… It's a solid commit. I would highly recommend it for you guys. Um, check it out. I had fun. I enjoy it so far. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this? No. I'm just going to echo your thoughts here. Kind of a cop out. But yeah, like you said, there's a thriller component that we barely touched on. Um, and there's a lot that remains to be seen. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Me too. Um, I guess there's not so really yeah. as much to talk about when we like it. Yeah, it's just like it's good. You guys should watch it. That's pretty much all we want to say. Like, and it's not honestly like it's not the themes in it aren't like hugely relatable. Like, I can't pull a lot of like life stories from it, right? But it's just a good show. So I would recommend it to you guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. And um, that brings us to the wrapping up point of this episode of Committer Quit. Hope you guys enjoyed our thoughts on when the Chameleon Blooms episode one and two. You guys can watch the full episodes of this podcast and all other podcasts from our Dive Studio Network at youtube.com slash dive pods. Yes. And while you're at it, tag us on our Twitter at the Dive Studios to let us know if you agree with our decision to commit or quit. Um, and also uh, follow us on Instagram at the Dive Studios and at Dive Studios on TikTok. Finally got verified on both platforms. So you guys were making it. We're becoming legit. But that brings you to my next point. No matter how legit we are, we still need help. And cue the music. We have a Patreon. And patreon.com backslash Dive Studios where you can become a patron and you can help us grow our network and, you know, produce out more content and 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 feed our team so uh we really appreciate your consideration here yeah um also should we share what we are going to be doing anything we're going to be changing for commit quit um no mm-hmm. not yet uh we'll just say that okay. just stay tuned we got some like really amazing guests coming on um and we're going to be watching some awesome shows and tv shows and movies and uh, we're thinking about even like getting some of like our highest recs, our top recs, mm-hmm. you know, that we feel that we should share with you guys. Yeah. Right. So what is Eric's top movie that is he's itching to get out? You know, up until this point, we've been kind of reacting to everybody, but it'd be nice that we could actually let people Discuss know what things that we love. Exactly. 
Exactly. All right. Well, cool. anyways, thanks for joining us, guys. Please stay healthy, stay safe, wash your hands, and wear a mask. We'll talk to you guys next week on Commit or Quit. Bye. Goodbye. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.